Hello, Stash and Burn listeners. This is your co-producer. Last night, we were having some microphone problems um, during the recording. Um, if there is a beeping noise, it is okay. We know that that is going on, and we hope that you like this episode. Thank you. Podcasting from inside the stash. I'm Jenny. I'm Nicole. And this is Stash and Burn. Hello. Hello. We are, strangely, did not take a two-year break this time. <laughs> Only a few weeks. Only a few weeks. Hurrah. <laughs> and we have a special guest star. Would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Adrian. I produced the last episode, and I hope to produce this one. Yay. You may remember Adrian from being a baby. <laughs> he is now, how old are you? Nine. He is now nine. And a half. And a half, and actually a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and is an occasional knitter. Your yeah, knitting I is... can go get my knitting right oh, now. Oh, all right. Yay. His Inspiration strikes. There we go. <laughs> Jenny, you were just asking, or saying that um, Matilda was asking to learn how to knit. Yes. She has been looking at Alana Dacos' book, Annie and a Swiss Cheese Scarf. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Alana. She loves that book. Um, But she has been begging me for the last week to teach her how to knit. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of like, "Uh, are you ready? I don't know. And um, she is adamant that she can learn to knit and that um, if I don't teach her, she will learn from the book. <laughs> I think it might be interesting to see if she could teach herself from the book. That would be a little weird. Like, um, telling her, what have you learned from the book? And if, and if um, she has something wrong, you can like, teach her the real thing if the book gets something wrong. Like, or she just doesn't understand it. Yeah. I remember, Jenny, you going to like a first grade class and teaching some kids how to knit. Do you remember this? Gosh, did I really do that? Some friend of yours had a child. This is before either of us had children. Uh-huh. And you went to, to, I don't know who this friend was or who the child who is now like in high school or <laughs> college. And you went and taught some six-year-olds how to knit. Huh. Look, I mean, we certainly would have talked about it on the podcast. I have, like, some hazy memory of, yeah. Would you have gone to teach Denise's? No, no. I, I think it was, like, ooh. I don't know. Mm. I mean, I, I, th- I think that there were multiple stations of people, people learning stuff. Okay. So I think that I, I was, I had, like, a smaller group of, like, six kids or something. Teaching them how to Yeah. Know. So. You've done it. You have experience teaching. Well, I don't know that I was actually successful <laughs> at teaching anyone to uh-huh. knit. All right. So uh, the jury's still out. Um, they end up being hard yeah. Or teaching people how to do anything. Well, I taught my friend Paula, you know, as a full-grown adult, how to knit. I to- I'm sure I've told this story before. I, I would show her again and again. Mm-hmm. You know, show her the knit stitch and the stitch. And then one day I taught her the purl stitch, and that is what made it click. She was like, oh, oh, I see what you're doing now. And I think in a funny way, the pearl stitch is more visible because it's done in, in front, the front of, of the work. Yeah. Where the knit stitch is maybe a little more mysterious because what's happening is behind the work. Right. So, anyway, 
Yeah, so I promised her um, during winter break that I would teach her how to knit. Awesome. Because she is well, psyched. And you have backup because Alma mm-hmm. and and Emma yeah. both knit, right? Yep. So if you're around family, you've got other people to help. Yes. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> She's going to be knitting her own sweaters. Uh, she, Jenny, you just, what was the sweater you just knit her? I knit her... Ooh, what's the pattern called? It, it is like a, a cardigan with laced hearts mm-hmm. panels on mm-hmm. either side of each front going down, and mm-hmm. it's a raglan sweater. Um, the pattern calls for some short row shaping to kind of lower the, the fronts and the back in a scalloped oh, fashion, uh-huh, uh-huh. but I didn't do that. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> And I just sewed on the buttons today, so she's wearing it for the third day in a row. So funny. It's like, so I finished it, I wove in the ends, and then I left to go to work. And then I came back that night thinking to block it, but the sweater wasn't where I left it. And I was like, Matilda, where's your sweater? And she's like, I wore it. And I was like, (laughs) oh, well, I'm going to block it. So I blocked it. I washed it, laid it out to dry at like 10 p.m. that night. Then the next morning I left to go to work. I come home from work, the sweater's gone. <laughs> I'm like, Matilda, where's your sweater? And she's like, I wore it. I'm like, wasn't it wet? And she was like, no, it was dry. <laughs> I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> and now today, this morning, I sewed on the buttons, and she wore it to school. So Awesome. Yeah, three days in a so, row. So, big hit. Big hit. You have actually, you're kind of on a roll because... When you finished a sweater when we were in Rhinebeck, and that was in the middle of October. Right. And you started a sweater for Hugo that you finished. Right. And then you've started and finished a sweater for Matilda. Like, that's like in six weeks. That's nice. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> I have since, so when we were at Rhinebeck, I cast on for a pair of socks that were, but I think they're, it's a mustache colorway, um, and it's a Halloween colorway. And I knit, I started it in the car on our way, literally on our way to the festival. And I knit them both. I decided to knit them as tubes from the top down. Mm-hmm. And then I was going to cut in the heel and then go back and insert the toe once I knew how much length the heel had given it. And I knit both of the tubes and it was getting to be Halloween. And I managed to finish both the tubes just like right after Halloween. And then I haven't, I haven't knit the heel or the toe yet. So those are just sitting there. And I decided right around then to cast on from with some yarn that I got at Rhinebeck. So I really wanted to knit that um, Catskill Merino single mm-hmm. that was uh, dyed with weld. And so I knit that into a hat, the name of which I will... Oh, Zoe. It's the Zoe hat. And um, it was a, I had it in my library. I, I was glad the past, my, the past self had purchased or somehow come across that pattern. Um, and it's so squishy and lovely, and um, so Adrian is able to wear my Frank Ochre hat, and I can wear the hat and weld, and uh, we definitely got some comments the, time, the, the times we've both been wearing our bright yellow hats. Yay! And then I've been sort of, um, kind of a little stuck. Yes. Yeah. There is a saga. There is a saga. So one thing we thought we might want to do through the course of the podcast is to sort of revisit projects that we have either talked about or said we were going to knit or started to knit. 
And um, I mean, of these, there there are a million. There's so many. Yeah. Some but, of which are like you know still in a bag in my closet. Yeah. And I actually just pulled out a bag today, and I was like, oh nope, putting that away. Don't look. <laughs> don't look. Don't look. <laughs> so I um, I a while back was knitting the Markley sweater. I, I had, mean, you had started this sweater back mm-hmm. when we were at the Northern California Knitters Retreat. That's right. With Elizabeth Doherty, because she was trying to teach us German short rows. So I actually I think the story goes back further. Oh, my God. <laughs> a little bit. A little <laughs> bit further. Okay. That, I think that year we must have gone to Stitches, mm-hmm. because I tried on Markley at uh-huh. Stitches, and I was like, this sweater seems perfect. I'm mm-hmm. definitely going to make it. And then um, we both bought yarn for it at that Stitches. Mm-hmm. You bought yarn from Dragonfly, Dragonfly. Fibers, yeah. the Jocelyn yarn. Yeah. And I bought this beautiful blue from Neighborhood Fiber Company. And I had cast on, and Elizabeth wanted to show me how to do German short rows. And she, I am a English-style knitter, and she is a continental knitter. And somehow that really threw her and how to teach me. And the funny thing is that since then, I've learned, I've done German short rows, and they are magical, or, you know, they're amazing, they're science, because they, it's like, the, it's math that works in this crazy way, and they're super straightforward, but somehow, like, Elizabeth and I could not, like, brain meld, and maybe it was, like, wine, or relaxation, or allergies, who knows what was going on that There's day. There's a lot of pollen. There's so much pollen. Yeah. So, I never, I never finished that part with the German short rows, and... I eventually, like, cannibalized, took the, the not cannibalized any of the yarn, I just took the um, the needles that mm-hmm. I've been using, I took them out, and I was like, oh, remember, you're using this needle size, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and uh, famous last words, and it sat there, so that is, like, April of 2016, and for some reason, when we got back from, um, from, Rhinebeck, I started sort of plotting out my end-of-the-year knitting and, and knitting for something that I'll get to discuss later. Um, and I was like, I'm going to finally knit Markley because it'll be great to have a pullover to wear this winter. Because it basically was to decide, should I knit another cardigan or should I knit a pullover? And I was like, I'm going to knit a pullover. It's going to be Markley. So I pull out the Markley yarn, and I just decided to swatch all over again. And for some reason, I thought I had swatched on fours. So I swatched on fours. The swatch is ginormous. It's so big. And I was like, well, it's so big that I should probably go down to twos. Mm-hmm. So I go down to two. So no swatch. It is way too small. <laughs> and so, you know, as logic would suggest, when I picked the needle in the middle, the three, it, I got gauge. Yay! Um, I want to say something really quick. If you haven't already told listeners, how long have both of you guys been knitting? Oh, uh, we, I'm sure we have told them, but I started knitting in 2002. So, so I've been knitting for uh, 17 years, and I'm still making rookie mistakes. Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> and Jenny, you learned to knit, I think, 2005. 2005. Yeah. 14. So, um, so I finally get Gage. I cast on for Markley, and with Markley, you knit sort of this top six or so inches, five or six inches, before you do a uh, lateral braid, and right. then the German short row. And I think, oh, because I've swatched so much, I should probably uh, get the other skeins of yarn out, because I've used most of the ball of yarn on swatches, which I will eventually, like, 
you know, use. take apart and use. Yeah. But I just thought, let me just go get the yarn. And I cannot find the other two skeins of yarn. That is so frustrating. They've vanished. Like, I have so much. I have I have recently taken a bunch of my yarn because I had a moth scare. I took a bunch of my yarn and froze it and did all this stuff and then put it into space bags. It's just not there. That was crazy. That was crazy. When I opened the freezer and I was like, why are all these bags of yarn in here? Yeah. <laughs> so... We, I consulted with Jenny and uh, the rest of our knitting coven, and it was like, bye-bye, Markley. Bye-bye, Markley. Bye-bye forever. <laughs> I don't know. Who's to say? Now know that I'm knitting on size three needles, and I've documented it here on the podcast. So if I ever find those two skeins of yarn, but it's like, it's so maddening. I told somebody in our knitting group this last night. I was talking to Rita, and I was like, where, where could it be? It's not like... I, I, I know that sometimes your yarn spreads out, but I've gathered up my yarn from the places it's spread out. Like, where is that one place that I'm not looking? Like, could it have fallen behind something? No, or? it's two skeins of yarn. They're together somewhere, laughing at me. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question. What are skeins? Skeins are the, you know, when the yarn is in a... Oh, those big... Loopy things. things. Loopy things. That you... Where you need to put it in the thing to put wrap it on. It up. Yeah, you put on the swift, and yeah. then you you make the oh. ball. So before, and actually, I guess a, any amount of yarn is sort of a skein, like a an amount of yarn, right? Well, I mean, I think I it's, think I kind of think of hanks and skeins as being synonymous. Synonymous, but balls of yarn or or, or cakes of yarn or yeah, or that's another thing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know if that's right, but that's no, I think you're it. right. Yeah, I think you're right. So bye bye, Mark Lee. Oh, that is tragic. But maybe the yarn will turn up someday. Yeah. And that'll be the moment to restart Markley. Yet again. <laughs> so I, I instead, I, I, because I had all my yarn out to look for the yarn for Markley, I saw a skein of Lion Brand Amazing, which is a, um, it's like a 47 acrylic, 53 wool, um, Striping yarn. It's, it's like a Noro knockoff, mm-hmm. but uh, with acrylic in it. It's pretty soft. Uh, it's very soft, and I think I overloaded on it a number of years ago um, because it's so pretty, and I thought it'd be great for gifts. So I'm just knitting some uh, camp... They're called campout mitts, so they're fingerless mitts where you uh, have a garter stitch um, band at the top, and then you knit down, and I, you know, I actually, because it's me, I'm not in any way following the pattern, I'm just following the concept, so, um, well, they're mitts, they're mitts, right, like, yeah. I needed to make it so it, it fit me, and then I figured if it fit me, it would fit this guy over here, who's probably gonna, <laughs> who's probably gonna steal them from me anyway, um, I had a feeling you were gonna say that, so I did that small <laughs> maniacal laugh, nice, before, <laughs> so, that is the story of Markley and um, what I'm using to sort of move on through my grief. All right, so are you going to knit a different lightweight pullover, or so are you just going to move on to the title yarns? Mm, so project? this might be a good time to talk about what's going on with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I've really talked about this in social media. Maybe some people know that this year I am on a sabbatical from my job. Yeah. Uh-huh. And after winter break, we're going to go We're going to Europe. Yes, after um, winter break, my family is uh, going to take leave of their 
job and school, and we are going to Europe for three months. Amazing. And then we'll come back here, and prob- and definitely we'll be doing some driving vacations to visit friends in the western U.S. and go to some national parks. So it's very exciting. Part of that is knowing what to bring. I've spent a lot of time thinking about the what clothes to bring, but also really what knitting, what knitting to bring. And I was talking, again, to Rita, a member of our knitting group last night, and I've decided to bring the Tidal Yarn um, yarn that I bought and the teak, um, make the Teakwood Light cardigan um, as my travel knitting. Mm-hmm. And she was following similar thinking that I had, which was like, you need something that is a little challenging, mm-hmm. that you have to concentrate on, and then have something to take breaks with. So mm-hmm. either the socks or hats, you know, a couple things like that that I'll bring. But I think that that sweater could easily take two or three months to knit. Yeah, I think Jenny's? you might bust it out sooner than you think, because yeah. it's a it's not a super tiny yarn. It's not. Well, here's the thing. Uh huh. And I texted and about this like today. And it's like lacy. It's not oversized, and you are small. It's tr- it's true, but like and this... there'll probably be a lot of like train time. The sweater that I have on, which is the Gretel, uh-huh. took a month, uh-huh. and it's a very thick yarn with a thick gauge, or right. that gauge, and no, it, mostly stockinette. Uh-huh. So I think that a thinner yarn with cables and lace, I think will take me a little bit longer. I think even with train time and travel, I think though that it will take me a while. I mean, the flight over. Oh, uh, the flight over is nighttime. Oh, uh, okay. So, um, maybe you won't be able to sleep. Oh, yeah, the way I'm going these days, this is probably <laughs> <No>. true. <laughs> so, um, I think that I'm going to bring that and maybe yarn for two pairs of socks. I think you should and bring for a hat. an emergency ball of lace weight. Um, just because I think that it's a lot of yardage uh-huh. or like not very much space mm-hmm. and like. You know. I see what you're saying. I so rarely knit with lace weight. I guess so. It's it's like I just think about Elizabeth Zimmerman's travel knitting advice mm-hmm. and how she always knits on a crazy shawl. That's what other people have suggested is yeah. to, to bring a shawl of some yeah. sort. Alright, well I will I will continue to ponder. I still have a little time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and enough time that I've been thinking about knitting a sweater before we go. <laughs> Do it. So like trying to totally finish a sweater. Start and hey, finish. Felix. Yeah. yeah, okay, so that's one of my options. Do it. So I, I want to make a Felix. I want I have the my dyed in the wool yarn that I bought years ago. Uh-huh. This is beautiful magenta. And I realize it's not too similar to the color of this sweater. Mm-hmm. Um and my two options are both surprise, Amy and Christopher's patterns. <laughs> one is Felix, but the pattern I've always envisioned for that yarn is Pharaoh, which is a sideways knit, three-quarter length, lace and cable pattern that I would actually knit a little more cropped than it is designed. Mm-hmm. But as I say that, that dyed in the wool yarn is really fuzzy, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if it's a, what it's a better match for, because definitely I could bust out Felix. I think, but I think Felix is meant to be knit with a yarn that has a halo. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Which that yarn does. Yeah. And so I was thinking of doing it in my mountain mohair I bought mm -hmm. to make the vest. But then I stopped knitting the, the Thea Coleman vest, the um, McAllen. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. the cable required a cable needle, and I oh, just couldn't, couldn't do yeah, it yeah. without a cable needle. Mm -hmm. And it was, yeah, it was like I, I couldn't do it on my commute. So I um, stopped knitting McAllen, but still had the mountain mohair sitting in mm -hmm. my stash. And then I was looking at Felix, and it's kind of a perfect layering sweater even though it's bulky it's like a little bit cropped mm -hmm. um and like with my current unif winter uniform mm -hmm. of like pants number one a mm -hmm. t-shirt and a sweater um I feel like it would be a good pullover option for that outfit um here's the thing that so my gauge on that yarn is 17 stitches over four and the gauge for that sweater is 14 so, uh, of course, that means... You have to knit it looser, like, more open, right? Yeah, but I don't really want it... I don't want it to be too open. Here, I'm going to go get the swatch, and you can... You can feel it. Because I've All got right. feel vision for the listeners. I know. That, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that seems like it would be some extension on a recording software where you could rub something against the microphone and your listener could feel it. That would be pretty cool. I mean, this gauge is pretty ideal as is. Hmm. How much yardage do you have of this? Not enough. <laughs> I mean, I have 750 yards, um, which I think for a cropped pullover is more than enough for me. This sweater, which is long, the Gretel, uh -huh. uh, it's not a pullover. It's not that oversized, but it's not cropped by any stretch of the imagination. And I... Probably knit this in about 850. Wow. I know. It really grew, though. There's silk in this. Okay. Um, so you would just kind of fiddle with the numbers in the pattern to match your gauge? Uh, yeah, I would say, I don't know, Maggie, you could rattle this off in a second, what percentage uh, up I need to go. I mm -hmm. would, um, I think the smallest size is a 40 in Felix. Let me see. I've, I was just looking at these today. Um, <laughs> the Pharaoh gauge is 16 over 4, so I'm closer. But um, we're looking at the pictures right now. It's knit in the Green Mountain Spinnery Weekend Wool. Would you do the three-quarter length sleeves? Yes. Okay. Um, let me go back and look at Felix. Felix is... Would you do the cardigan or the pullover? Oh, I would do the pullover, sorry. And we're looking at the cardigan. Yes, the pullover. 14. 14, and it has... The smallest size is a 39. Um, so I might have to go to the third size, which by her measurements, by her accounting, is 850 yards. So, I don't know. I could try to get a slightly bigger gauge. Yeah. I mean, I think that if you went up another needle size, I think the fabric would still be really nice. And but, this this yarn blooms. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. 
So, so my gauge is, yeah, just doing a little math here. So 80% times 48, 82% of 48. Live here, it says hell math. <laughs> For anybody who listens to the Buffering and the Vampire Slayer podcast. Um, so that, if I knit the third size, I would get about a, a 39-inch bust, which is plenty of... Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. All so, right. Do it. Ma- maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I should swatch it on eights. Because, guess what? I think I swatched this on sevens, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Which, I want at least to another pet peeve about myself. I have so many pairs of size six needles. And currently can only find one pair of size seven needles. And I must have that is at very least vexing. two more. I think for, for a while I thought all I knit in was sixes, Mm -hmm. so I just kept buying them. I was like, oh, whatever, I'll always use them. And so now I have, like, I don't know, six or seven pairs of size six needles. So. Hmm. You have some interchangeables, right? I do, but I can't find, so for my sevens, I have, um, I use the Haya Haya, Uh and they have a shorter head and a longer head, or longer Mm -hmm. needle and a shorter needle, Mm -hmm. and I can find my shorter needle but I can't find a longer one, and I prefer the longer one. They're yeah. more comfortable for to yeah. knit with yeah. than the shorter one. So you reserve the seven, the shorter ones for hats. That makes sense. I don't know where everything is right now. Who knows? Well, I mean, yeah, I guess you do have to redo a gauge swatch if you can't remember the needle size. Well, I think that if I'm going to try to see what it looks like a little bit bigger. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, because I want to say that on the this yarn, they suggest knitting it on like a 7 or an 8, even though it's supposed to be a DK. But I remember when you knit your sweater, how big, the, it seemed like it had a much bigger gauge. Yeah. So, I don't know, I think I could pull something together. Do it. Bust it out. <laughs> as soon as I finish this hat, I'll cast on a Felix. So, what's this hat that you're knitting? Um, I... I'm making this hat, which is basically just a ribbed brim roll that you could turn up with a pretty deep <coughs> cuff. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I was trying to decide if I wanted to, if I should switch to socket for like the, once I got past the brim part, or if mm-hmm. I want to just keep it as a ribbed hat all over. And then I think I decided to switch to stockinette because I'm tired of ribbing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's, oh, no, it's a 2-2 rib. Yeah. Which is not the hell of a 1-1 rib. Right. <laughs> so um, I'm, make, I'm using um, a skein of knitted wit in, like, a mustard color, and then I'm holding um, a silk mohair mm-hmm. lace weight thread that I got at um, Rhinebeck from the Swift Yarns. Oh, uh-huh, the, yeah. woman in New- the woman from New York. Yeah, in this, like, kind of raisiny gold color. It's beautiful. Um, and so I'm kind of excited. The The mustard of the sock yarn is a little bit dull, so I feel like the silk mohair really makes it look a lot better of a color. Um, so that's what I'm doing. And I finished the ribbing, 
And so now I'm going to switch to stockinette, and hopefully this hat will be done in the next day or two, and I can cast on my Felix, or at least swatch for it. Um, although now I'm like, oh, because I, I was thinking, so I had this, like, sweater I made Matilda called I Heart Rainbows, and <laughs> I was um, going to give it away, and she freaked out, um, and so now I, the disposition of the sweater is still to be determined, <laughs> but I was like, oh, maybe I should remit I Heart Rainbows in a bigger size for her. For her. So she might feel that she can part with yeah. the smaller one. Yeah. Although now I look at the pattern, and though Tin Can Knits usually sizes their sweaters from newborns to adults, this particular sweater only goes to size 3, 4. So what yarn is it knit in? It's in a sock yarn. Oh, well, just knit it in the DK weight then. Yeah, then it'll go faster, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I bet you, you, yeah, if you just swatch the DK weight yarn and then figure out which, uh, if you could do it in the, si- in the biggest size or something. Yeah. I also would recommend, which I'm sure you thought of, to knit it, like, in a size, more like a size 8. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, you know, she is a very good knitwear recipient. Yes, she's the best, man. She wears that stuff constantly. And has, like, yeah, some ideas about what she wants and is very clear. Yeah. And then very appreciative. Yes. And finally, very possessive. (laughs) The the last stage of the Kubler-Ross possession. The kids whose knitters always love the knitwear that they're given. Oh, uh, I see that you've stolen my hat, sir. Oh, I thought this this was my hat and the other hat was yours. <laughs> no, that one is my okay. hat. The other one is yours. Well, I can go to Grand for that one. Okay. Um, but I'm finished with this Oh, my one. gosh. Speaking of knitwear, Adrian is now modeling several <laughs> items. <laughs> I will just describe. So he has the uh, Zoe hat, which I Zoe do. Zoe Bowie. I do. Oh, which I do want to attach a giant foam for pom-pom, too. He is wearing... Uh, do you remember this um, vest that is I that made? A machine knit one? I machine knit this vest out of scraps of Cascade 220. And then, and then, and then this years of work um, blanket. Yeah, the polygon blanket. You're, that is so pretty. It really is. So this is a... What kind of a whatever happened to also, I think around the time that we stopped podcasting, actually it started it. I think I started this in two thousand sixteen as well. Um, I started knitting a tin can knits polygons blanket out of um, various di- uh, DK weight yarns. So a lot of Mad Tosh, some uh, uh, old rusted chair, and. I don't know. Those might be the two main things that are represented. And earlier this year, I just decided to bite the bullet and block all of the polygons. I thought you finished this last year. I think it was early this early 2019. No, because I remember coming back from the women's march and getting in this. Oh, well, that could still be yeah. early 2019. It was January 21st. Um, I wonder if I even have it in my uh, my finished objects on my Ravelry. I am the worst Ravelry project updater. 
I'm really trying to be better, so basically so I have information okay. for myself. Right now, all of those pictures are of you. <laughs> I completed it, it says March 3rd, 2019. But there is there are pictures of me, like, when I was seaming it um, and having it on my lap. I remember sitting, <laughs> like... Okay. Yeah, that is a picture of you, but I think, yeah, obviously, I finished it right after your birthday. That's, okay, yeah, that's long blonde hair. That's going to be me. Yes, that is you. That is definitely not me. <laughs> well, it could be someone else that you know with long blonde hair. <laughs> I guess. You never know. You never know. Uh, yeah, you are, you're sporting lots of knitwear right now. Well, I did that for the theme. <laughs> <laughs> for the knitting podcast. To get in the spirit of the thing. I like it. Um, so you were talking about your current uniform, pants number one. Pants number one. T-shirt. So, uh, sewing is definitely still, we, we have not walked away from that secondary hobby. I almost call it a habit. <laughs> well, I was like, what's the habit? Aren't habits like supposed to be a bad thing or something? Not always. Uh, you can, you have, can good, have good habits. You can have good habits. For sure. Like brushing your teeth is a good habit. I just realized I didn't brush my teeth last night or this morning. What? Mm. Oh, well, that's not a good habit. That's a bad habit. <laughs> yeah. I, I, for the winter time, was like, I'm going to make, I'm going to use this wool that's been in my stash for a million years and make three pairs of pants number one. So I busted that out over the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. And now I've been wearing them, like, constantly. So for those, I know that, that we have people who listen to the podcast who are dabbling in the sewing arts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that pants number one is, I mean, especially if you've done a shirt number one as your first project, Sonia Phillips' uh, first pro- uh, pattern, I think, was shirt number one. Or maybe it was one of the dresses. I don't know. Um, but I love all of the Sonia Philly patterns that I've done. That's 100 acts of sewing. Yeah. And um, I would say that pants number one is a great, like you're ready to try something one level up and you think, oh, I could never make pants. You definitely can make pants. You, you can, can make pants. You can make pants number one. I, last spring, made four pairs of pants number one in two days, like two days for my mom. That is uh. Uh, I'm still processing the fact that you did two pairs of pants. No, four. One, four pairs of pants. In more or less days. in one day, yeah, more or less, and yeah. So more or less in one day rather than two. Kind of. I remember that I had made a sample pair for my mom to try on, mm-hmm. and I think this is. I think it's such an uh, illustrative example of how we interact with clothes because I made these pants especially for my mom for her measurements. And they, she didn't like where it hit on her waist. She's like, oh, that's okay, honey. I can just roll them over. And I was like, no, you should not have to tolerate that. Yeah. I am making these for you, and well, you will what, not just be rolling over what them. What does she waistline. mean by rolling it over? So they didn't fit right around her waist, so she was just going to do this and roll down the top. And I think that comes from thinking that you can't find clothes that fit you, so you just have to make do. Right. With it. Speaking of no, no, let's see people's reactions. <laughs> I, they this. can't see that, sweetie. I know, but I'm <laughs> seeing what you're. Adrian at. is picking up one of our weirdest Christmas ornaments and showing it to us. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, so then we went to the fabric store and bought fabric for what she needed. She needed a white pair of pants. And then one, and she's like, well, would you make me another one? I'm like, at this rate, I can make you two more pairs. Like, it was just, mm-hmm. you know, and I adjusted that first pair of pants yes. and then made. At rate, you were making four pairs of pants in more or less one day. So, uh, and it's, although I have to say, it really helped to have an assistant. Yes. So I did the cutting, but she did all of the pressing. Yay! Oh, and pinning. I would like bring the pieces over to her and say, "Okay, wonder clip this to this and this to that." Oh, so this was the end of last year. You're talking about this was during uh, when, spring break. Yeah, when yeah, remember the time she came out? The time she came for um, Saturday, Sun, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I don't remember okay. those days. Okay. Um. So. Anyway, even if you don't have an assistant, a pair of pants number one. Yeah, is very quick and gratifying and coordinates well with shirt number one or mm-hmm. T-shirts. And you have lengthened them. I have lengthened them for the winter version. Mm-hmm. I've made them in, like, super heavy fabric. I've made them in, like, linen fabric. I've made them in... Um, I forget what else I've made them in, but... Oh, I made them in, like, a denim. Oh, yes. Love now, that. what was that denim? It was, like, a tensile. Denim, right. Lightweight denim. Right. Um, and, you know, after elasticizing the waistbands of all my pants, mm-hmm. I am just a happier person. <laughs> yeah, uh, I believe they say it best on the Love to Sew podcast. Jeans are prisons for your legs. <laughs> I feel that way frequently. I tried to make actual jeans last spring and ended up just, like, texting pictures of my butt to my friends because I'm like, why doesn't this fit right? Um, And it just, it was a little disheartening, and it definitely, um, yeah, the elastic waist pants and the more free-flowing pants are the way for me to go at this point. Yeah. And maybe... You know, I'll come back around or I'll figure out, I'll find the dream fitted pant. But right now, I'm pretty good with uh, the, like, I made a pair of Ethel pants this mm-hmm. last weekend. Um, I, I did see those live. Oh, yeah. I did have to size down two sizes from the previous. Ethel is a pattern from Style Arc. It's an Australian company. It can be a little tricky to work with. The instructions are fairly minimal. And the styles can be kind of these funky fashion forward. So you have to sort of figure out what your style is in relation to theirs. And I think you do have to have some confidence as a sewer because their patterns are light on instruction. Mm -hmm. Um, And Ethel pants are intended to have a lot of volume. Kind of balloony pants. Balloony pants with a, a, a dropped crotch that was like two drops. So I made wow. the, the size that um, was intended for my measurements originally, which was a size 10. And the crotch is like probably like halfway between my crotch and my knee. And um, so that's going to be pretty dropped. It's going to be pretty dropped. Yeah. According be like down there. To me, it's like down to here. Yep. And it made it, they, uh, well, I will say that my uh, students all thought they were very cool. They're like, those are some cool pants. And I was like, well, I know I'm on the right track in some way, except for that. <laughs> I'm not 
sure that they're they're what the teacher should be wearing. Maybe you should be wearing these pants. <laughs> so when I made the new pair, I um I sized down two sizes and I cut out three inches from the rise in the front and the back. Wow. Yeah. I probably would go with two inches next time just to yeah. mix it up. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Hooray. Um I'm trying to make a bunch of clothes for my trip. Right before riding back, I made three t-shirts, and I'd like to make three more. I have them cut out and ready to go. Uh, t-shirts are actually another thing like pants, number one, and shirt, number one, that really, you just need a little bit more confidence, and they're really not that hard. Yeah, although it's very helpful to have a serger. I was going to say the opposite. Really? I noticed, I went to pull out the shirts that I made before Rhinebeck to see, like, what I had done. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't, remember this, I hadn't used the serger on any of them. Really? No. You just zigzagged I them all? I zigzagged all three of them. Uh, you know how it felt for me. And I made some good things, and I didn't even use a serger any time. I've never used a serger. Yeah, because I'm worried you're going to cut your finger off, so. Yeah, there's a knife. <laughs> there's two needles and a knife on Yes. That. It's a so. little, yeah. I, I, Ah, what are you, Gary Johnson? The Green Party? No, Green Party. Was he? Anyway. Uh, Presidential candidate. Um, I voted for him. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure that a serger is required. Or, I mean, it might be more helpful. So, do you ever, what do you, what, what parts of a shirt, a knit shirt do you stitch versus uh, versus serge. I serge everything. Mm-hmm. For the one I'm wearing now, I actually went back and used my overlocker for the for hems. The, the hems and, and the like neckline. a top stitching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't overlock and do those things on my machine if like I don't have the right the red color mm-hmm. in the in the machine already. No, in the over for the overlocker because mm-hmm. you need like two. Um, threads for the top stitching. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you could do a single thread, but um, but I usually do two. So a lot of times I feel like I just don't have enough thread mm-hmm. to do that on the overlocker. So I'll just zigzag it on my machine. I will use a twin needle on my machine. I have never used a twin needle, but mm. that is because I have an overlocker. overlocker right, you don't need to. <laughs> Uh, so the patterns that we use uh, for T-shirts, Jenny uses a rub-off pattern from a favorite T-shirt of hers. Yeah. So it's just traced from that T-shirt. And I have been using the Tonic Tee by SBCC Patterns, which is Skinny Bitch Curvy Chick, but I think she's trying to rebrand as SBCC. Um, and uh, I love It's a free pattern if you join her mailing list, and I think you can get like an enhanced pattern uh, for twelve dollars, um, but I am um, I love it because I like a scoop. Oh, I'm not wearing one right now. It's uh, a scoop neck, mm-hmm. and um, it only comes with short sleeves. But I have used the um, Stasha pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a sub conversation happening about bacon. Hey, pops, are you? On? I'm talking about how there's really. Um, no, it's not in the meat part. Uh, yeah, the fish mostly fat. Yeah. 
Okay, so the um, tonic tee uh, comes with short sleeves, but I've taken the sleeves from the Stacia Stasha pattern by So Liberated and used that as sort of, I've melded them together, the top of the sleeve from the tonic tee to, in order to match the arm side, and then the kind of the length from the Stasha. And, and it works. Yeah. And I found that I kind of like a three-quarter length or half-length sleeve. Yeah, I love a three-quarter length sleeve for t-shirts. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I like plantain, too. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a really good shape for me. Um, and when I first started sewing, I did a bunch of hemlocks, but I find that I don't wear those as much. They're very boxy. They're like a dolman with an extra sleeve part. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then I also made a few Mandy boats over the summer, which mm-hmm. I like, but you know, be, with really blousy t-shirts, then I feel like it's hard to layer over that sometimes. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of what I was thinking back to the Pharaoh sweater. Right. Is that it's cute, uh, however, to, like, wear it under something because it's uh, a Three-quarter length. And knit uh, side to side. Right. So, it, in essence, it's going to have a dolman mm-hmm. kind of construction. Um, that it would be more uncomfortable to wear under something where, you're right, Felix is just your straight-ahead sweater with a cute little... Lace detail. Lace detail on the... On the on the sleeve increases. Um, are you making any Christmas gifts? I cut out two pairs of pajamas for Matilda and Hugo because mm-hmm. I've been trying to make them pajamas every Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, These are my Christmas present. On and so... Mm-hmm. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. And then I had some extra fabric after cutting out the pajamas. So I made... I also cut out just t-shirts, regular t-shirts uh-huh. in the same fabric. Um, so I have to sew that. And then I was, I had very hazy ideas of making like tote bags or something. Or but now I'm thinking that I might not have time. Uh-huh. Um, just given, I don't know. How close Christmas is. Yeah. Uh-huh. So... I also have recently gotten into soap making, though, so yes. I um, am going to give out some soap, some nice holiday soap. Candy cane? <laughs> no, it's just plain soap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't grab a candy cane. Uh-oh. Yeah. Maybe I can get Matilda to design a, a label for me. Oh, yeah. For that's the soap. a good idea. So you are making your own lie, right? No. How do you make your own lie? How do you make your own lie? Boil ashes. No. Mm. Because then it's really hard to actually know how much lie you have. And so it's hard to get the oil to lie ratio right so that you're not burning yourself with too much. Like, you'll just never know if you have enough. You wouldn't use the float and egg method. (laughs) I am not familiar with this method. Uh, (laughs) Once, when the lie is built up enough in the water... An egg will float in it. Hmm. It's true. I don't. I believe you. I also think um, that was the method how they determined whether or not someone was a witch. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> they will so burn them in a fire, and and if the egg grows, <laughs> the other thing is that surprisingly, I have very little access to ashes. Yeah, barbecue. 
You grill. You grill when you barbecue. You take it out. I don't have a barbecue. Oh, uh, that's a problem. Yeah. So start grilling more meat. Instead, Make I will just life. buy chemicals from the hardware store. <laughs> you like the lot. Um, all right, we're going off the rails here, folks. Yeah. Well, your neighbors will appreciate it if you start burning your garbage. <laughs> oh, my God. We're starting to get off subject. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. I'm, 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 I was about to get it back on subject, then this conversation about why came up. I'm going for you. You go for it. Um, this person... Um, you can't see that I'm pointing at her. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I should call her, mom or Nicole. Your mom. <laughs> My mom. She um, is making some Christmas gifts this year. I did. We talk about them. Okay. I <laughs> Thanks, Adrian. I made a few <clears throat> fanny packs. Um when I was visiting my nieces back in October, they would always be like, "Where should I put my phone? Where?" Yeah, I, they they, they don't phone? have they don't have pockets. And then they're like, "Oh, Dad, can you hold my phone?" Or you know. Yeah. So I um, I made these fanny packs from a company called Proper Fit Clothing, and the guy makes tons and tons of patterns for different types of fanny packs that look really cool. I have to say they were pretty challenging to make. Although by the time I made the third one, because I made one for Adrian and I made one for each of my nieces, I yeah. I, I struck on um, an idea myself because he, he doesn't give you instructions. He has these YouTube videos that you watch that right. are really helpful. But they're curved edges that at some point you need to attach to a straight edge. And I'm not explaining this right, but what I did was I made a basting, a long basting stitch around the curved one and pulled it in order to sort of create ease. Mm-hmm. But I only hit on that idea by the time I got to the third one. Because mm. the first one, I broke two needles and started swearing and Ugh. made my family leave the part of the house that I was <laughs> in because I was so mad. <laughs> but by the third one, I was like, oh, this actually kind of works. I was having, I was having fun playing through these. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go. <laughs> so you haven't finished Uncle Adam's original. So then I um, realized I wanted to make my clothes for myself for my trip, and I prioritized the clothes that I'm making for myself. If I have time, I will make the bags for my brother and sister-in-law. It was a different style bag. So back to proper fit clothing. The problem is, is he has like five different patterns called fanny pack. They're not even like fanny pack one, fanny pack two. They're just like fanny pack or sling bag. So it's hard to even tell you which one so, I'm doing. Right. So, like, it might be a different pattern. It's than the two zipper one. The with one the in, rounded front. Yes, but he has, like, other ones with, like, an extra pocket. And right, he has right. some variations. Yeah. Um, the bag that I wanted to make for my brother and sister-in-law is a, a bigger bag that has two pockets that's, like, a one-shouldered back small backpack that you can kind of switch. But um, I'm going to see if I have time after my own sewing uh, to do that. I did sew one bag and a zipper pouch for my mom, which um, I used the Costa tote from Helen's, uh, Helen's Closet. That is a free pattern if you join her mailing list. And then I just did a tutorial that I found online for a lined zipper tote, which I never made. They're so fun to make. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I never made one before. I was like, this is so much fun. I'm going to use all of my zillion weird colored zippers <laughs> and ends of fabric to make zipper totes someday. I I love making zippered pouches. Mm-hmm. Uh, not totes, like, like pouches. Like the, wrist, yeah. the wristlets. Oh, no. This, 
It's you don't so even need bristles. Yeah, I mean, and they're so useful. I will find the um, tutorial I used. It's like a 10 to 12 minute tutorial and walked you through every step and it was perfect. And you can super. just tailor it to whatever zipper length you have. I actually, thanks to Proper Fit Clothing Dude, he, he always <laughs> uses a zipper that's too long mm-hmm. and cuts it down. And that way you don't have to worry about like the little ends or like matching them up and then you just, at the end, hmm. snip it off. Well, yeah. I don't right. know if I'm comparing this right, but when you were talking about, oh, this is fun, and you use it up all your stuff, mm-hmm. um, if I'm not comparing this right, you can correct me, but like um, how I thought division was going to be super boring, and then I keep getting these problems, and there's a way to make it fun, I keep using up all my mind power to do a division <laughs> problem. Because it's exciting to get the right answer? Well, it's exciting to do the process, because it's like... 3 divided by 18. What? You mean 18 divided by 3? Well, we're doing... Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> we started doing 3 divided by 18 for some reason. Okay. But, yeah, yeah, you can do that. Yeah, I know. It's possible. It is possible. We started learning dividing the smaller number by the... Oh, that's exciting. And so, eight, 3 divided by 18. Okay, so, um, yeah. You figure that. What's... um. How much threes go into eighteen? Right, and then, well, how much? Um, and if it doesn't get exactly to eighteen, the closest number to eighteen, put that down, subtract, put the mm-hmm. remainder, and then put the thing up, and then put the remainder. It's that's, pretty fun. That's exciting, especially since you were like a little challenged by stack multiplication a couple of weeks ago. So it's exciting mm-hmm. that division is clicking for you. Yeah, because all I need to do is. Know how to do subtraction and keep talking about you. So I think I kind of went off the rails. <laughs> anyway, I think uh, this that might be the uh, title of this podcast. <laughs> off nice. the rails. Did we call it Crazy Train? <laughs> I'm going. I think I know what song we're going to put at the end of yeah, the podcast. Crazy Train at the end of the podcast. <laughs> Um, well, I am looking at the time. Jenny and I are headed off to see a live taping of a podcast. Yay! Buffering the Vampire Slayer. So for those of you who uh, love the confluence of our podcast and, and Buffy, I think you would super love this podcast. This is our gift to you. It's the best podcast. It's so good. It's so yeah. it's, the, it's two women, fans of the show, and they do a recap of every episode. And at the, at the end of every episode, they sing an original song. About that episode. Yeah, so one of the women who does the podcast is a really talented musician, so she writes a song for every episode. And the songs are really good. They're really good. Sometimes they're very serious, and a lot of times they're very funny. And she also makes jingles for all all the characters. The characters, as well as themes that come up. The patriarchy! Even though I barely ever, uh, even though I've only listened to parts of that podcast, you I know that the part. patriarchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very excellent. So they are uh, doing a live taping uh, about the episode "Fool for Love," which I rewatched today um, <laughs> to be ready. Oh. Um, in San Francisco, we're gonna head over there. So we are At gonna. What time? We are gonna wrap up for now. Yeah, and okay. we will catch you. Soon. We'll the try next do... time we record. <laughs> TBD. <laughs> Hopefully, maybe we can try to do one more before I leave, and then we're going to do 
We're going to try to find some creative ways to produce a podcast. Do our long-distance podcast. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.